I gathered large quantities of fuel yesterday, both for my body and for my spirit. Today, the day after Sunday, is time to burn fuel. Everyone knows what happens when the body stores unused fuel and energy. Obesity isn't far behind. So, what happens if I consume large quantities of fuel from my spirit but store it up without using it or applying it to my spiritual life? Spiritual obesity? I confess I'm guilty, or at least I have been guilty on both counts at one time or another. Eating too much and exercising too little is like acquiring too much information and applying too little through our lives. The imbalance causes problems, both for our exterior and our interior, the visible and the invisible, the physical and the spiritual components of our soul. Older internal combustion engines used to use carburetors to mix fuel and air on demand in the right quantities to create energy. My motorcycle still uses a carburetor and I'm resisting modern electronic fuel injections since they're, they're harder for me to adjust. Manual adjustments are fast and easy and I can do them at home. I can tell when I need to tweak the carburetor because the engine starts to sputter, the exhaust becomes darker, even black, and the spark plug gets fouled with unspent fuel and sometimes even starts to consume its own electrode. Today, I'm making the same adjustments on my own carburetor. The one that mixes spiritual fuel and loving obedience to power spiritual development. Explaining it isn't easy, but it's easier to explain it than it is to do it. It involves willpower. It requires decision making. Making decisions one after another every moment throughout the day. So today, the day after Sunday, my journal entries may not be as many as my step count. It's time to move, take the next step, one after another, and follow the footsteps of my master. Yes, please, thank you. Sometimes I fool myself into thinking that I'm an attentive listener and a good note taker when I'm anything but letting the word go in one ear and out the other. I gotta act on what I hear. Just hearing and taking notes with no follow-up action is like glancing in the mirror, taking a good look, walking away, and two minutes later having no idea what I look like or who I am. Too much information and too little action. Holy Scripture and most mirrors never lie. Holy Scripture, breathed by God, shows and tells me the truth. Pins points problems better than an MRI, corrects me more gently than my second-grade teacher, and trains me to do things the right way, God's way. I took a look this morning, both in the mirror and in God's holy scripture, and discovered more truth. I feel naked. Who was I fooling? Of all my adversaries, I'm my own worst enemy. No one has deceived me more or lied to me more than I have. Some things need doing every day. Others, not so much. Today's another moving and shopping day, so there's that. It's a good reminder not to look for any more new stuff today, at least not the things we can't consume. I already have plenty of stuff. Whatever happened to the good old days when all my things fit 
stuffed into a duffel bag, a backpack, or just one box. They just creeped up on me. They started overflowing, they multiplied. There was a time when I used money I didn't have to buy things I didn't need to impress people I didn't even know. Now, today, feels good to get rid of it, to let someone else put it in their storage room. Today, happiness is an almost empty storage room. Been participating in an online study group for the last couple months, working our way through Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Unlike the first souls to hear this sermon, who sat and listened from the side of a mountain, we're sitting and reading his words while scattered across the countryside, connected online. We can't see his face, but we can see one another's faces. I know he made us in his image in the beginning. And after all we've done to mess it up, I trust him to make us in his image again. We're a small group, but I look forward to seeing the other members' faces and hearing their voices once a week as we all make time to get together. Some of us are trying to fill our heads with scripture. It's taken a couple of months to work through the Beatitudes in Matthew 5, 1 through 12, but it was worth it. We boiled it down to this. God blesses people who follow his son, Jesus. People who recognize their deep need for God. People who are truly repentant of their sin. People who are humble. People who desperately want to obey God. People who treat others better than they deserve to be treated. People who are clean from the inside out. People who work for peace and people who are persecuted for doing right. Now we know who God blesses. Now this week, we're discussing what impact these people have on the people in their societies and cultures across the planet. Jesus used salt and light to describe how his followers would affect the world around them. Here's what he said. You are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it's lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It'll be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You're the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. That's... Uh, from Matthew 5, 13 through 16. Wow, just wow. That gives us something to talk about. We need to be worth our salt. We need to see the light, come to the light, and shine the light. And looking at the word salt, I'm familiar with the noun. I didn't know it could be used as an adjective, but I guess so, like maybe salty. And I know it can be used as a verb because I salt my french fries. And there's some really interesting phrases like rubbing salt into the wound. That hurts to even think about it. The salt of the earth? Well, we just read about that. Um, taking something with a grain of salt or a pinch of salt, like to think about something being exaggerated and only believe part of it like they're exaggerating. And, of course, to be worth one's salt. So salt adds flavor, makes a good preservative, 
has medicinal uses and cures wounds and can also be used as a salary. And that's where we get the word salary as an ancient form of payment, I understand, from Roman soldiers. Light is again a noun and a verb and even an adjective. And and it's used in a lot of phrases like to bring something to light, to come to light, in the light of, to see the light, throw light on or cast light or shed light on something. So light both dissipates darkness and brings hope. As I think about it, I think I'm starting to understand how I'm supposed to affect those around me in this place. I wonder how well I'm doing it. I look forward to tonight's discussion. I'm interested how the others in the group are being spiritual salt and spiritual light where they are. After all, everyone likes salt, right? Food, food wouldn't taste the same without salt, but light. Not everyone likes the light. The light came into the world, but people loved the darkness more than they loved the light because they didn't want their evil deeds exposed by the light. Some can't even see the light. I guess that's where we come in. We need to be clean reflectors of the light. The life of an alien here. <laughs>